Welcome to Modern Aikidoist Podcast. My sincere thanks to the listeners who have liked, subscribed, and commented. Your interest is noticed and deeply appreciated. I wasn't sure exactly what to name this podcast because there is a great deal to the student-teacher relationship. There are many varieties of relationship and there is no accepted standard. As you travel on your martial path, you will likely encounter many teachers and mentors over the years. As a teacher, or even merely as a student, you will be looked to as a mentor by many others. It may only be for a few hours or even a few minutes, but if somebody's seeking your help or assistance in learning, you are a teacher for that period of time. I'm going to address both sides of the teacher-student relationship. No matter how far along the path one travels, both roles are ever-present. Each requires the correct mindset to make the most of the time spent training, learning, and teaching. Every living thing is either growing or is dying, and we are the same way. And the instant we stop learning new things and growing, we start to decay. It's easy to think of growth as a student, as there is so much you want to learn that you do not know but desire to. The passion to absorb of knowledge and build your ability is like a fire inside you. It keeps you coming to classes and it keeps your mind focused on improvement. This is at the heart of the duty of a student, to provide the passion and desire to learn. This is something your instructor cannot give you. Some students arrive to class eager to learn and are excited to get on the mat and improve their skills. Others show up without seeming to care if they are late and seem to merely show up and physically be present. During the class, their minds wander. They pay little attention to the instructor or senior students for how to move or what to do. I'm sure you've seen both types of people in a dojo. It's my observation that both will learn, but those who are eager will learn much faster than those who just show up and go through the motions. These are two opposite ends of the spectrum, and there are students that are somewhere in between. It's pretty easy to spot students who are engaged. They tend to show interest beyond just class time. Often they show up a bit early to class and stay a bit afterwards and talk with their fellow students. This is something that is easy to overlook in the rush of modern life. If you're going to take on learning something, give it your attention. Keep your mind on what you're learning, especially when you feel distracting thoughts start to creep in. If you have to push yourself to show up to a class because you're not looking forward to going or are eager for the class to end and can't wait to leave the dojo, then there are usually two reasons for this. First and foremost, you're not enjoying the experience. It may be that your training just isn't a good fit for you. It may be that what you're being taught is not what you're interested in learning. The second reason is that the environment may not be a positive one and is giving you a vibe you don't care for. If you give it some thought, you'll probably be able to put your finger on what the reason is pretty quickly. To boil it right down to one simple factor, it's either you or it's the group. It's okay if you realize that the group you're in just doesn't feel like the right fit for you. It doesn't matter how much skill your instructor displays. If you feel you're not being taught adequately or your instructors or seniors are there to feed their own ego, then it's time to seek other mentors. The martial arts has a long history of good students being neglected and even abused by psychotic instructors. Their students keep coming back in the hopes they will learn to have the same amazing ability as the instructor. A few do, but most never get there even after years and years of training. We learn far more by example than anything else, and that's human nature. If we are given a bad example, we tend to copy that behavior ourselves. Not always, but it's very common. People usually don't even realize they're doing it. The martial arts world and the world in general needs far more positive examples. As you learn and grow, be careful what you're growing into. Take great care to make sure that you keep company with those who provide good examples of teaching and mentoring. 
There are a few trademark traits to look for in instructors and seniors. One is the instructor who's more focused on your growth than making themselves look like a big shot. If there was one warning flag bigger than all others with instructors, this is it. Granted, an instructor is going to be critical and call out mistakes and offer things to correct. That is their job and their duty to you, the student. Spotting the difference is kind of like the difference between erotic art and pornography. It's hard to describe exactly, but you know it when you see it. A good mentor puts your learning as top priority. It's easy for senior students to fall short here, as they are not usually teaching class, but they're in class to learn themselves. Some believe their first priority is to learn and improve their own skills. In their zeal to get better themselves, they tend to overlook helping junior students with their skills. A good instructor is careful about this and will remind their seniors that their first priority should be making sure every student is getting adequate attention and instruction. Teaching and mentoring others will teach you a great deal. It's humbling at first because you will find teaching to be a whole new skill set. You might be good at your art, but teaching it effectively is another matter entirely. Your practice group will have great positive energy when students are eager to help each other. This is the direct benefit of students being invested not just in themselves, but in the health of the group. A rising tide raises all boats, and having students eager to help one another will elevate the skills of everyone in the practice group. This is where some instructors actually sabotage their own efforts. They insist that students should not guide others. This is an old-school Japanese tradition where no one in the class speaks except for the instructor. In such an environment, giving suggestions to your partner is strictly forbidden, even if you see them struggling. I believe this training model is outdated and ineffective. Of course, students should be respectful of the instructor of the class. If the instructor is nearby, ask them politely to come and help. If they are not close at hand, offer a suggestion to your partner who is struggling. I find this immensely useful in making sure that no students spend time struggling with technique. It also builds a great rapport between the students. In the end, the duty of the instructor is to impart knowledge on students and build their skills. I believe that should be done as directly as possible. Some instructors revel in perplexing students with cryptic instruction and trick questions meant to keep students in a constant state of confusion. These are control techniques meant to keep students always searching for the answer to riddles. Instructors who have honed this art can keep students in a state of confusion for years or decades, always making them feel that understanding is just a step or two ahead of them, but still just out of their grasp. This is not teaching, it is conditioning and indoctrination. If your teacher cannot get you to understand something, they either don't know it themselves or are refusing to share it. Either way, if this happens, you're right to question their abilities as a teacher. I'm not saying that Aikido or martial arts are easy to learn or quick to learn because they are not. However, anyone who overcomplicates it is hurting your growth, not helping it. All students overthink technique and overcomplicate it. Having an instructor add to the confusion only makes learning more difficult. A good teacher can provide a straight answer to your questions or what you're struggling with. The answer might not be short, but it should be clear and easy to understand. When it comes to technique, you might understand what needs to be done, but it will take time for your body to learn how to do it properly. Be patient. It takes time and practice. Learning to understand what you should be doing doesn't take as long. The better and more clear the instruction you get, the easier it is to improve your technique. As a teacher, you will see this in how quickly your students can start troubleshooting their own technique instead of relying on you or a senior student to do it for them. You will make your job as an instructor so much easier. 
Once you take a good look and feel the trouble might be with you, then you should give some serious thought to your own priorities. It might be that other of your life commitments are more important to you, and that's fine. Perhaps once you've given these the attention that they are due, you'll have a little more time or mental energy left to devote to martial arts training. There's no clear answer to this, except that life is about correctly setting your priorities and sticking to them. I advise against trying to burn the candle at both ends. Do what you can do effectively. My grandfather always said, I don't care what you do, but whatever you decide to do, be the best at it. Even if you merely enjoy martial arts training without feeling the need to be best at it, at very least, don't take on training half-heartedly. You will get out of the training what you put into it and no more. If there was one single concept that describes the duties of a student, this would be it. Never expect to make big gains on small commitments. In life, we don't find time, we make time. If you make time to go to class, make sure your mind and your passion are there too. Merely having your body present isn't enough. If the stresses and worries of the day are on your mind, learn to clear them to take on your training. I've found that the mat is a meditation for me, and there's no greater meditation than being uke. If your attention strays for even a moment, you can miss a roll or fall and get banged up pretty quickly. You will learn to wield your focus on what is at hand and not let your mind dwell on things which are not priority for that moment. I'll add one thing to that. Don't think of your training only when you step on the mat and then abandon it when you step off the mat, like a factory worker punching in and out of work. Let your mind absorb the lessons on the mat and see the connections of how these lessons relate to your everyday life. This is one of the things I find so fascinating about Aikido and why it feels to me like a way of strategy. If you're quick to shut off learning because you're not doing technique, you will miss a great deal of Aikido. As you walk your path, always have your priority on being a good student and being a good teacher. You may have to switch hats in the blink of an eye to help someone. Be gracious and be ready to switch from teacher to student. I've found that my students have taught me a great deal, which I would have missed had I not been open to it. I'll leave you with a concept which applies to all learning, whether it be by students or teachers. Imagine a spectrum. On one side of the spectrum is a person whose mind is so open that they believe everything they are told at face value. Their mind is open, but they don't filter what is shared with them. These people are easily led into believing things which are not true, and obviously this is a bad thing. On the other end of the spectrum is the ultimate skeptic. They believe nothing they are told and spend enormous mental energy finding reasons to reject everything they are told or shown. Again, that's a bad thing. A good student is one who can balance these two extremes. It's good to keep an open mind and set aside your skepticism so that you can be presented with a new concept. Try it out and see if it might have some merit before rejecting it. Aristotle said, it is the mark of an educated mind to be able to entertain a thought without accepting it. Once you have been presented with a concept well enough to comprehend it, then put it to scrutiny by your own skeptical side. It's okay to question it and explore why it works and find its limitations. Honest and thorough scrutiny builds greater understanding, but scrutiny can easily be distorted by existing beliefs. If you don't want to believe something, you won't, despite it being true. We should always seek the truth and be ready to abandon that which is false. This is the process of learning, and those who devote themselves to this ideal make the best students and the finest teachers. What other topics are you interested in hearing covered in this podcast? Please share your ideas in the comments if you're watching this on YouTube. You can also go to the Facebook group Aikido the Marshall side and post a comment there. Your input and engagement helps podcasts like these stay around. Please support it by liking, subscribing, and sharing.
Enjoy your training.